Hi, I'm Stu Baca, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon, and you should too at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And you know Mo is here. Hey, everybody. In this episode, you know, today life screeches to a halt when your Wi-Fi goes down, but just three short decades ago, the internet was a brand new thing that we had no idea we even needed. <laughs> in this episode, we're going to look back at the origins of the internet and how we experienced it in its early days as young generation Xers. Mm -mm. Well, on the topic of connectivity, our fourth listener email this episode comes from Scott. The subject line of Scott's email was, Internet Killed the BBS Star. <laughs> good title. I like that. That's good. That's yeah, a good yeah. one. Uh, Scott says, hey, gang, it's great to hear you guys talk about something that was a very important part of my formative high school years, bulletin board systems. Hmm. My family never got a computer until I was a freshman in high school in the early 90s. And that same year, we had a 2400 baud modem. Not long after that, I found a list of local BBSs that I began frequenting. I learned that the majority of folks frequenting those boards were also in high school or college, and they had organized a weekly meetup and called themselves the Dead Hackers Society. <laughs> Jeez, I guess I know what movie was popular when right? they made that I guess, group. Yeah. Yeah. Early 90s, right? <laughs> he says, I was invited to join their meetups as they were not exclusive and very welcoming to all. The first time I went to a meetup was mere days after I received my driver's license. I love how things align. Like you remember in your life, like that's when I got my driver's license or that's when I mm -hmm. was able to drink or whatever. I turned 20, those kind of things. Yeah. So for him, this aligned, like going to BBS group and having being able to drive. That's awesome. Anyway, he says, I will say this. I don't keep in contact with anyone from my high school, but I've been in continual contact with many of the DHS people I met, the Dead Hacker <laughs> Society. My current network of close friends has its roots in that little BBS group I joined. I'm extremely grateful to have met such fine people, and my life would be very different today, even career-wise, had it not been for logging into a BBS. Speaking of it shaping my career, my first job right out of high school was working as tech support for AOL, and <laughs> oh, one of geez. those DHS people was my referral. <laughs> oh, wow. Right? Finally, he says, I'm a little sad that my vast knowledge of modem string configurations and optimizations is essentially wasted and useless space <laughs> in my brain. Thanks again for the work you guys put into making a great podcast. And I hope George is happy that this email does not contain anything saying he is wrong. I Scott. am happy. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, you, Scott. Good. Yeah. What a great, you know, and I didn't edit that email very much because I really like the story that Scott tells. No, that was great. You know, when you connect things like that, the tech you enjoyed growing up and especially his, those people continue to be present in his life. That's, that's great. I mean, it, BBSs were like that. Is that early kind of wild west days and the people that you met were, you know, they were like-minded people that had the same interest because not just everybody was online at the time. You had to, you had to work at it a little bit. We really appreciate you, Scott, for writing in. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it's easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com and we will put you in the hopper. All right. So speaking of Scott's email and the early days of being online, I think it's time to jump in to talk about the origins of the internet. So George, Mo, if you guys are ready. Yes, do absolutely. It. All right. Let's get into it. On your mark, get set. We're riding on the internet, cyberspace, set free. 
yellow virtual reality Interactive appetite, searching for a website A window to the world, got to get online Take a spin, now you're in with the techno set You're going surfing on the internet Coming up on 5-Minute News I'm Anthony Davis You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. On some of our previous Backtrack episodes, we have touched on some parts of early computing. I know we had an episode all about BBSs that Scott mm-hmm. was referencing. We had uh, an episode all about uh, computer graphics. We had one about gaming. Yeah, early gaming. Yeah, but in this episode, I mean, and for all those things, the glue that started to hold that together ultimately was the internet. So we're focusing on the technology itself, the origin of the internet. I knew a little bit about the origins of the internet, but I did a little bit of extra digging in preparation so we didn't sound like total noobs on this episode. (laughs) It was in the early 1960s. That was the first discussion of any kind of a global network. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a series of MIT memos discussing a galactic network, which I love that name. (laughs) I wish that was the name of the internet today. (laughs) Interconnected computers with quick access to data and program. So it was just an idea. I was like, hey, maybe we could do this. It made sense. Uh, And then late 60s, early 70s, we probably all heard of ARPANET, which was pretty much the predecessor of internet. Uh, It came out of, it was like the Department of Defense kind of ran ARPA and then universities got involved. It first went online in 1969 and then rapidly expanded. It was actually declared operational and like functional in 1975. And then finally, in the 80s, ARPANET was expanded with the National Science Foundation, funded CSNet, the Computer Science Network. And all of that kind of culminates in 1990 when ARPANET was decommissioned. Partnerships with telecom and computer industries paved the way for a worldwide network that we now know today as the Internet. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so... How do you get into talking about something that's so huge? Let's go back and talk about when it was so small. So (laughs) probably for us, it really came about in the very early 90s, like 89, 90 was when what became the internet kind of first came online. And we were all in our, uh, what, late teens, early 20s at that time. Mm -hmm. We were, I guess, George, you and I, we we knew each other by then already in the early 90s. And Mo, Mm -hmm. you were in New York, you were a couple of years older than us. So let's start talking about the nuts and bolts and how we got this stuff together. And I want to start with a question for each of you. So do you remember the first time Mm -hmm. you heard the concept of the internet? And I want to start with you, George. Uh, Well, that's probably a bad place to start because I don't remember the first time I heard the internet. No. It just kind of popped up. It's not one of those seminal moment type of things for me, like, you know, Kennedy's assassination or the space shuttle Challenger exploding. It's not one of those things where I remember where I was when it happened or anything like that, because it wasn't a thing that just, boom, exploded. It was a gradual thing mm, okay. that evolved from my involvement of BBSs, which is what Scott was talking about earlier, all the way through to the internet. So I was kind of always taking little steps towards going onto the internet, just didn't understand what it was. So it wasn't uh, oh crap moment, I'm on the internet, oh I've connected, I've heard of the internet now. It wasn't that kind of a thing. It was just huh. an evolution from Kind of seeped the into your life board. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, I, I have a vivid memory of, I was attending Florida State University and a friend of ours that George, you and I both knew in our Star Trek club that we knew each other then we were talking about unrelated things. And she had said to me, 
hey, have you tried the internet yet? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she said, oh, well, you can get an address. And I'm like, well, I have an address. I I'm, <laughs> I live up the street here. No, no, it's like a, it's an address. They can send you mail, but it's on the computer and it's through this network. And and at the time, I, I, I literally dismissed it. I'm like, I have BBSs. I have that taken care of. I don't think I need this. And it wasn't until a little bit later that I'm like, oh, she was on to something. <laughs> what about you, Mo? Do you, do you recall hearing about yeah, it or are you like George? I, I'm kind of like with George. It's like, I mean, it was one of these things. I think it just sort of evolved. Like George kind of said, you know, mm-hmm. like we said, we had BBSs and we had these online services and all that kind of thing. You know, like AOL came around and Genie and all those things. And then out of that, and honestly, at, per, at first I thought that was the internet, like AOL, but then I realized that wasn't, you know, very quickly. <laughs> and many baby boomers still think that's the internet. So. <laughs> right. And then, um, but then, yeah, it was kind of over time that, you know, except the first thing was getting onto these third party systems, right? That was yep. the first time you kind of got onto the, I, I don't even call it the interweb, it's called the whatever. Well, they started as a service. You're right. right. And then I remember vividly when AOL said, AOL, now with the internet, right. it, they, they, they tried to compartmentalize the internet as like a channel you could go to. Right. They didn't want you going to the internet. They wanted you to stay on AOL. Well, yeah. Yeah. But then the internet quickly blew up because then you didn't have, you're not beholden, you weren't beholden to anything, you know, to create your own website and all that stuff. So yeah, I think it was just more like an evolution, like George said. So I mean, before the internet age came around, if unless you were on BBSs like we were, you probably didn't even have a modem. So people started to, you know, I remember people vividly going, oh, this computer has a modem. And they go, well, what's a modem? What does that yeah. mean? Yeah. Modulator, demodulator. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. Good one. And, and I always tell them that too. It means, because I sounded smarter. It means modulator, right. demodulator. Exactly. What does that mean? Uh, hooks to your phone. That's the end of my knowledge. <laughs> remember in war games? Matthew Broderick. Sure, of course. The motive he had, he had to pick up the phone and he heard the tones. And he stuck it on this big Put it on thing. the cups. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that he could get the sound. But I'd say that sound, though, whenever you hear that internet connect, or I should say the modem connect Squee- sounds, wee- it's, wee- it's still yeah. like, it sends chills. I still remember it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I have a Pavlovian response. It's like, I hear that noise and I'm like, I'm about to do something cool. Something's about to happen that's neat. You hear that modem sound. I even have memories that I knew different sounds meant different speeds almost like you yes of course you know, yeah. handshakes were if longer, you did that shorter. Enough, the different pitches yeah. oh you're absolutely right you go oh oh it fell back it's gonna be a slow speed you can hear uh-huh. it if you did it enough <laughs> yep yep and speed yeah. mattered back then so we're talking about the transition pre and post internet so modems were not an obvious part of computers so well no. like today how they're not an obvious part of computers they don't exist anymore but used to be you had the you bought a separate box that you plugged up yeah. because they weren't included Included. Oh, and yeah. then you would start to, and you would upgrade that. Like, oh, I have a 300 baud. I have a 1200 baud. 24, 9600. Which literally means bits per second, which is how it's, you can type faster than 300 baud. Most people can, you know, right. <laughs> well, 150 yeah. baud, maybe it would be generous, but, and so you would buy that separate box. And then they started probably the first modem built into a computer that I remember was the computer that you bought, George. We've talked before about <laughs> how you brought it to my house because mm-hmm. it had John Delancey starring in a full motion video. Video introduction yep. to your computer. The compact, yeah. It had a built-in oh, modem. You brought your computer to John's house? Well, to my, yeah. Well, so John and I lived in the same apartment complex. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So we literally, <laughs> like, like there, the only thing separating his apartment from mine was the pool in between. Right. I thought it was like, yeah. when it was like, wow, that's the ultimate, like, middle finger. I'm going to bring it to your house and show you how cool this is. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of was too, but. <laughs> well, but it was mainly like, like, it was almost like an event. Like, we had a yeah. little party and. And several people came over. I think there was like 10 or 15 people there that night. And it was like a setup of this computer party because that was still a very new and unique thing at that.
that point. And so John and I were setting up the computer. People were milling around, having snacks and everything. It was a very odd situation. It was like like a nerd palooza kind of a thing. <laughs> the culmination of the whole thing, which we I kind of knew from the outside of the box, but we had no really clue of what it was going to be, was that setup video that John talks about with John Delancey as mm-hmm. Q. You know, and he, he comes over there and we're all Star Trek people. So John Delancey, of course, is, we're fawning yeah. all over it. Yeah, he's like, welcome to the future of the Internet with your right. new computer and look what great things it can do. If you had never understood the allure of the unboxing video on YouTube, mm-hmm. this was like a modern analog unboxing video. It's like, come over. We're going to open this new toy in front of you, which it sounds like did. one of those days of like, oh, did you hear the, the Johnson's got a TV set, you know, <laughs> it was very much like that. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Which was like a 200 megahertz or 233 or something, because I remember yeah. whatever it was yeah. shortly thereafter, I got whatever the next like 33 megahertz faster right. was. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And sometimes because it was built in, you would people would upgrade their computer just to have a better ability to have a good experience on the Internet in the early days. Oh, yeah. Well, computers weren't throwaway devices yet. That's true. So that's no, why that's they had no, to upgrade no. them. I mean, they were you bought yeah. a computer that was with you for a long time at that point. Yeah, I remember yeah. my first computer, though, that we actually like connected to the Internet and all that stuff. I had to like upgrade the memory mm. because sure. the yeah. 64K or whatever it had on it was not nearly <laughs> enough. I had to go up to, like 128 or something like that because otherwise it would just like bog down. It was just like the thing would just not run. Yeah, it didn't have the resources capable yeah, to, to we pull had, in, we had to multiple pull programs. In 1200 bits a second, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yep, yep. And so in, in our next segment, we're going to talk about the things that we did use it for in the early days. That's coming up right after this break. Today, we're going to be showing our friends, Andrew and Lisa, the basics of the internet. And we thought you might want to come along. It'll be cool. Now, here's a little background. When we installed internet access on our computer, I got the whole family involved. It's true. Everybody had their own tasks to do. It was a lot of work, but it was really worth it. Now that I've gotten on the internet, I'd rather be on my computer than doing just about anything. It's really cool. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. So now we are aware of the internet and we have the gear we need to get it done. And today, if you think of the internet, it's it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. Everything's connected to the internet and they can all do different things. They're connecting to different services, oh, yeah. but it wasn't like that. So the beginning of the internet that I remember, like, like circa 92, a web browser wasn't even an obvious thing that you had. You connected to the internet, but the web browser was the WWW, that World Wide yeah. Web people talk about. Before that, you just connected and you're on a network and you need individual programs to do 
different things. It wasn't like later, like you added, ran a WinSock client that allowed HTML browsers to even happen. Mm -hmm. But before we did any of that, yeah, WinSock really takes me back when I think about yeah, that. Yeah, I know. It's it was like, holy cow. An extra plugin, right? <laughs> but there was a bunch of stuff that you could do on the internet short of having the World Wide Web. And the browsers came later, we'll get to in a second. So what kind of stuff did we use the internet for when we first got on the internet, when it was brand new? I mean, I think, honestly, a lot of the stuff that we did on the internet at the beginning was again, born out of those days of the BBSs. Some of the things mm -hmm. that we used to use on BBSs Agreed. just got yeah. translated to a larger world. For me, it was email. Yeah. You know, communicating pe with people thing. on yep. BBSs was neat, but you had to go to a place in order to check your messages. It was mm -hmm. you know, like you had to dial into an answering machine almost. But with email over the internet, it came to you. Mm -hmm. And so people would send you messages. And when you would turn on your computer, connect it to the modem and connect that to the internet and then open up that program, it was just there. Right. And that was a completely different experience than having to do all the stuff that you had to go through on a BBS. BBS to get to your messages. That was the same for me. I, I remember I told you that the young lady told me about the internet and said you could get an address. And so the mm -hmm. first thing I did was, okay, I'll try it when she talked me into it. And <laughs> yeah, I, I got an address. And I'm like, and the first person I wrote to was her saying, look, I did it right. I got on, on the line. And back then, I mean, spam wasn't a thing and you could check your email and it was empty. And you're like, oh, and then yeah. you mm -hmm. did get an email. That's why the AOL guy going, you've got mail is so cool because right. it wasn't, you were automatically going to get mail like you are now. We have to filter it out. But that was definitely the first killer app that got me onto the internet. Yeah, I remember the early days when like, you know, when most people or say like the the not as geeky people were using things like AOL, Genie, you know, those things, right? Because it was very easy to entry into all this stuff. Yes. And I remember at first you could only AOL, you could only email other AOL people. Well, yeah, it wasn't the internet. It wasn't first, the internet right. It was just And then they finally linked yeah. up to the internet so that you had an AOL address that now someone with Genie could email you. and Yeah. Um, but like you said, it wasn't like, you know, it didn't take long though, unfortunately. But then it was like, every time you got email, it was it was probably something you wanted to read. Mm -hmm. Whereas yep. today it's like, oh my God, <laughs> it's not even close. Well, the other one that I quickly got into was Usenet. Yeah. So Usenet were all these, I guess, what would you call it? Usenet is Reddit today, I think. Yeah, I, say, I think it's a good comparison. Like a global kind of chat room sort mm -hmm. of, sort of kind yeah. of like topics. But you had channels you would go to and they were all like started with alt dot trucks dot four wheel drive dot whatever right yeah and you would find user groups in this usenet of people that talked about that one thing but it was a it was a unified place kind of like reddit is it's one place it's a clearinghouse where all those things live and you could pick a channel and that was equivalent to like message boards on a bbs where you could kind of talk with people but it was people all over the planet which was a new kind of feature right yeah it was um <laughs> of course it didn't take long for like what's the first early adopters for any technology in the computers world it's it's, it's porn. Porn, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do agree though. It was like there was an alt dot anything. Like you said, it was like Reddit. Oh yeah. Alt dot yeah. I like crocheting swans. Yeah, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you would find yeah. it on there somewhere. Well, I remember Will Wheaton talking about he was so disappointed to learn there was an alt dot Wesley Crusher dot die 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 because people, <laughs> right. people hated Wesley on the next generation. But it was a group just for people who hated that character on that TV show. They could yeah. come and just rant. Yep. I think it's like the, that was the first time I think those small communities of people could actually get together. <laughs> you know, like, oh, there's right. 50 of us across the United States. Okay, great. You know, we're a group. Do you guys remember Gopher? That was the file transfer yeah, kind it was, of thing, it was right? Before, it was an alternative, actually, to using the World Wide Web, like, actually. Okay. That shows you how much I remember about it. Yep. That's okay. <laughs> no, but it was mostly for, like, transferring files and things like that. 
is like kind of like the Betamax VHS war, you know, it totally lost to, you know, the World Wide Web and hypertext. Yeah. I remember the first couple of times of using it. And, and part of the reason why it was very, it wasn't simple to use. You know, the other stuff, you just put a dress in and that's it. And this one, you had to understand all the different codes and all that kind of stuff. It was definitely made for a more geeky user, I should say. <laughs> well, we were all more geeky users back then because it wasn't everybody on the internet. It was only people who understood it enough to figure out what you had to do. And I know, I know people worked really hard in technology to demystify it and go, it's simple. Remember that great 90s video of the family that's like, it's the internet, Tommy, let's show you. We can check recipes and stuff. Yeah. It's weird that they were working so hard to make people want it. Whereas today, you don't have to convince anybody that they want or need the internet. It's it's no. instant. It, they, it's like utility. We have electricity, we have water, we have gas, we have broadband. And those are the yeah. things you got to have or, you know. No, it's funny. I just did a quick look at some statistics. And so back in like in the early days, like say 95, mm -hmm. the percentage of the people who used the internet was 14. In the 14%. States. Yeah. Whereas today it's like over 90. It's like 94, 95%. Yeah. That rings crazy. Yep. Well, and, and the first question you ask is what the hell are the other 5% doing with their day? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, they're all living in a, they're writing a manifesto living in the woods somewhere in the middle of <laughs> Michigan. Yeah. They're right? online, but they still use BBSs and stuff, you know? <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. So you guys remember looking up like FAQs on things? Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. That was another thing I used to use it for. FAQs were early Wikipedia. Yeah, it's like, let's right. have a clearinghouse of everything you want to know about this thing, the frequently asked questions for this thing. And now they were spread around. Yeah, the searches weren't very good. So it was like you had to scroll through the page to try to find like the one thing you need to know. But it was still though, it was, it was the beginnings of that all that kind of common knowledge coming to one spot. Well, and it bears pointing out that this, of course, was pre-search engine. There was no yeah. Google. There was not even a Yahoo or AltaVista or anything. I mean, we'll talk about some of those in a minute that are gone. But the only way you found out about things on the internet was somebody the internet had to tell you where it was so you could find <laughs> yeah. it. And people would publish their links of their favorite things they found or places you can go. Mm -hmm. Instant messaging was another one that popped up as pretty quickly. And that, that kind of, I saw that kind of migrate over from AOL because, of course, AOL yeah. had their instant messenger because mm -hmm. they had like the use groups that you could message with each other on right? that's right that's right inside of there the one that i remember that really democratized it was icq do you remember that one i remember aim and icq yeah yep yep those were the yep. two mm -hmm. and i remember very being very proud of my icq number because it was only eight digits because <laughs> when, when it got popular it rolled over to nine digits because people they generated more user ids but i had an early number which i guess in the first million or whatever that's not that impressive but <laughs> i think it's Instant messaging, too, was the first real internet thing next to email. Email was the first real internet okay, thing for yeah. me. But then the very next thing that w I would say was internet was instant messaging. Because a lot of the other stuff, it was so similar to what you did on BBSs that it felt the exact same. Yeah. Good yeah, point. That's, yeah. No, that's a, that's a great email point. Email and instant messaging were the first two things that were I'm not saying they were completely unique, but they were a huge step or an evolution in the process that we had had before. It was really a thing you couldn't do in, quite in that way on a BBS because BBSs were relegated to how many people could connect simultaneously, mm -hmm. whereas the internet, everyone's connected simultaneously. Right. And that was early texting. I remember starting, yeah. I would get up in the morning and launch my instant messenger on my computer and leave it open all day because I want to be able to hear from somebody. I'll hear a little ding in a corner mm -hmm. and run to my computer and see before you could put it in your pocket. <laughs> I mean, way back in the day, CompuServe, remember them? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they had a thing called CB Simulator. Do you guys ever remember using that? No. Well, basically, it was text messaging, yeah. but they called it CB Simulator because it was like worked like a CB, except that it was all text. 
So it's it's a message board, you dummy. Yeah, essentially, and you had, but everyone had handles and all yeah. that stuff. But actually, I think that was like the first dedicated online chat system, and that came out like in the 1980. Mm. Well, and that and those are basically chat rooms, which is another common yep. usage. Was you go in instant messaging, but then the chat rooms where you get a gang of people in, uh, and you could talk in real time. Yeah, the, now that's internet, right? Talking in real time. That's different than BBSs, where mm-hmm. like you're saying, you know, one person logs in, leaves a message, logs out, then the next person logs in right. and sees what they wrote. And replies. Exactly right. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but chat rooms and the internet being online all the time, instant access, real-time talking, that's when the internet really started to take off. And, you know, you talk about, Mo, what are the first things that always get adopted in computers, you know, pornography and everything. Some of those <laughs> chat rooms were kind of racy. Know, very <laughs> racy. Some of them were even dangerous, depending upon what they yeah, were. That's but true. it felt like it was a wild, wild west of a oh, whole sure. new experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would say the chat rooms are very Twitter-like because you could broadcast to a lot of people what you're currently thinking, and celebrities would often hold chat room events that you would go into. Whereas today, a celebrity can just tweet anything that's on their mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would have, oh, well, pick some actor or actress. Sigourney Weaver is going to be in a live chat on AOL from 8 to 9 p.m., and you can be in there and chat with them because that was how they could get directly to their fans when these real-time chat rooms. So that's kind of early Twitter, I would argue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, the next few things we're going to talk about, that takes place in what I think what most people would think of is the internet today. A lot of people think the internet is web browsers. It is HTML. It is that that language. And while it's not, I think it's fair to assume that most business takes place inside of your web browser. Yeah. So so let's start with the browser wars. So today oh, yeah. you can pick just about anyone you want, but there was a pretty fierce war between your internet explorers and your Netscapes and whatever else you had, right? Yeah. I mean, whatever sure. happened to Netscape? <laughs> and there were giant lawsuits going back and forth because Internet Explorer, you know, Microsoft had bundled that with a package mm-hmm. and Netscape were like, no, that's unfair practices, blah, blah. And they won. And yeah, that's a monopoly. That's yeah. yeah. Netscape ended up taking a large portion of the internet browser market. At some point they were like 70, 80% or something like that. It was my browser. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Just like Mo saying, you know, they, they just eventually died and it's kind of, yeah. we still see that now. I mean, we still have browser wars or we have different flavors. Like right now I have for the first time in probably 20 years gone back to Internet Explorer yeah, you're right. as my main browser, <laughs> but it's because they're based off of somebody else's writing yeah. now. So, well, yeah. they're, you're talking about their Edge browser? Yeah, the Edge browser. Guy, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Microsoft created browser. I never thought I would in 2020 be using a Microsoft created piece of software uh, for the <laughs> internet. But yeah, I am again, too. I mean, you guys remember using Mosaic? Oh, Did yeah. You use that one? I don't remember that. That was one. the first one that had images, I think, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, it was. That, yeah, because initially it was all text because the World Wide Web started as all text. And Mosaic was the first browser. Now, they didn't last long because everybody adopted images pretty quickly. Right. I mean, I, was, I stuck with Mosaic for a really long time, but... But because it was like kind of like it, it didn't have the backing of big companies or anything like that, that you yeah. know, it quickly fell behind. Unfortunately, I don't know, they probably got absorbed by somebody. I don't know. It seems like yeah, that probably. tech probably got sucked <laughs> in. Yeah. So <laughs> the great one on our list to talk about now that we're inside of a browser is. As soon as you see a web page, the first thing you want to do is like, I want to make a web page, but I have no idea how. <laughs> and so that was the services that helped you build a web page. And probably the most famous or infamous one was GeoCities. Oh my yep. God. So if you had a GeoCities website, let me just say now you had a shitty website. Just, yeah. <laughs> just put it out there. 
<laughs> so I don't think I ever logged into GeoCities, but knew a lot of people that did. And as I understood it, it was it was essentially like drag and drop. You could put anything you wanted anywhere, and it would try to build your page for you. Oh yeah, I think it was it was it was the first attempt at that. Yeah, but like you said, the, the sites they built were just god awful. And the other thing is that it just flooded the market. I mean, I guess in some ways it was good because it it really flooded like people creating sites for everything, right? Because it made it easy for just about anybody for a few bucks to create a website. And it was more than creating the page for you. It gave you a place for the page to live. You didn't have right. to go and purchase a domain. You didn't have to go and get hosting or anything like that. You just said, yep, that's your site. And you can start making whatever you... Yeah, here, here's our selection of 8 million animated GIFs. Put them all on there. Go ahead. Yeah. That's what everybody does anyway. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I'll never forget all the different animated backgrounds and the oh, icons. Yeah. It would, and that was the thing too. They you had to wait for those things to load. So that's part of that early internet experience was just the wait. It wasn't yeah. instantaneous, right? It it took a while. <laughs> the scourge of GeoCity sites, the automatic playing MIDI music files. That oh, you Jesus. stop! <laughs> I can't mute it. I got to turn the speaker down because literally they were in the background. You couldn't stop them playing. Everybody thought that was a good idea. You know what? Other thing I remember from those browser and those early web pages and everything that was super interesting then but now nobody gives a crap about it were counters remember the oh, visitors? Yeah. how many like, visitors how yeah. many yeah. visitors and you would watch that thing tick up in real time you're like <gasps> somebody's been crap, there 400 people have logged in the same thing i had <laughs> i remember that one of the browser features that i was not use at all today that i use a lot was turn off downloading images oh yeah you had to speed things up <laughs> because it would speed things up that you could then like, if it was interesting i'm like okay now I'll, I'll download the image for this site but yeah because back then it was like it added it tripled the time well and originally they didn't cache the images on your system Nope. You had to yeah, download every time. Every time. Every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, that's right. Well, there's no place to put it on my computer. My hard drive is only two right. megs. Okay. So <laughs> that's true. I just upgraded 128K. So I really don't have that much space. <laughs> Do you guys remember all the people blogging back then? Like that was a big thing. Everyone's blog. Everyone had to have a blog. Go read my blog. Yeah, that was a little bit later on for me that I picked up on blogs. Not right away. I The first blog, and I'm not going to call it a blog because it was more of a vlog, a video log, but it was Jenny Cam. That was the first one that really yeah. And that was pretty deep into the me. life of blogging. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't get into the blogging per se, but when Jenny Cam first came out, that was fascinating to just know that somebody had a camera or two turned on in their yep. life all the time. All Forever. the time. Yeah. yeah, I would just log into that website and just watch. And you did. It wasn't a live stream 1080p experience like you're having now. It was like literally like no, it was a little square. Here's an image. And three seconds later, there's a new image. And three seconds <laughs> later, there's a new image. It was just mm -hmm. snaps and photographs, really. But because you couldn't stream video, you didn't have the bandwidth to do that. So you just exactly. got when could you get an update for this picture? Yeah. Blogging was basically I mean, it's not gone or anything today, but no, it really wasn't a thing in BBS days. It wasn't until everybody could easily get to everywhere that somebody decided that a public diary is what I really need. And people would start right. their daily thoughts. Everyone it's see kind of, it. Is it kind of Instagram now, maybe? You know, it's like, here's a picture of what I had for lunch. Here's what I'm currently thinking. Kind of Twitter and Instagram, I guess. But, but it, was, it was a bit more long format, I guess. And it the was, people who yeah. did them generally, like they didn't do it like constantly through a day. Like at the end of the day, they would do their blog, right? And yeah, yeah. You know, it was point. kind of like yep. a summary of here's what happened today. Here's what happened today. And sure. some of them were interesting, I think. But 
99.99999% of them were just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, it's it's like podcast today. Listen to my podcast. Listen to my podcast. Well, it's like, all right, go read my blog. Go read my blog. I'm like, yeah. Is this, I said, I think it just evolved. Yeah, it's probably the same yeah. stuff. I remember one of the early, early things that you could do, which thrilled me, of course, was that you could download movie previews. <laughs> but the thing was, it took like two hours to download <laughs> a single preview. You could have gone and watched the movie <laughs> yeah, by the time exactly. you got the preview. <laughs> yeah. And they would offer some different qualities or like, and then yeah. estimate. Here's this one. This one's in 480p. This should only take about two hours to download. Yeah. Here's one that should only take about six hours, right? To, to watch a trailer. To watch a trailer. And then you'd be really good. It's like when it got down to like, you know, you had like the higher speed modems. It's like, this will take eight minutes. It's like eight minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> Why would you ever need anything faster than eight minutes? You know? Yeah. That's going back to your Jenny cam. That's like the flip of that. It's like, well, I can see a postage stamp. It was really just, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, you're interested in the movie, but it was now that I have a multimedia PC, which was a thing, which basically meant it can mm-hmm. play video and play CDs. Right. Yeah. What, then it had a video card fast enough to actually change pictures fast enough to watch this, what probably was 10 frames per second video, even then, but it looked mm-hmm. like it was moving. It was like a miracle. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that it was moving. <laughs> I want to do another quick roundtable here before we get out of this segment. So we've talked about how we we remember first using it and that kind of thing. I want you to think back and remember the experience. What was the first time you can recall you connected your own computer to the internet for the first time? Not the one at the library or something like that. Do you remember <laughs> that first time? I hear most laughing. Let's start with you. Oh, man. I think the first time I actually went to the real internet, I was actually going through AOL because they had okay. the, they had their browser. Like I said, at the time, I thought that was it. You know, AOL World was the whole thing. Right. That's what they wanted you to think. So yeah, exactly. They Because you had to go through, you had to jump through hoops to like get to the browser and that in the early days. When I finally got to it, though, and started pulling up pages, it was just amazing how, but the thing was like, there wasn't a search though, like you said. So you had to know specifically yeah, what to look for. know where for. you're going. You had to type www.whatever dot whatever and hope you had the right address otherwise you got nothing and i'm trying to remember what the first thing i looked up was you know i can't remember it was so long ago no well i can remember that i got an account they were giving away free isp accounts through the library uh and there was, there oh, was really? an initiative called FreeNet that was in several large cities and since i was in the capital of florida the, they had a free net that you could sign up for at the library and i went to my house immediately and i took my modem i used for bbs's and i dialed the number but i remember i was the first time i logged on i was completely and utterly underwhelmed because there was yeah. nothing to see. There was yeah. nothing there. I did email right away. That was the first thing I did because you could go through there. But then I logged off because I'm like, nah, I guess this is not going to last very long. There's not much to do. <laughs> I was pretty wrong. Yeah. What about you, George? Do you remember first getting on? Uh, I don't know that I remember first getting on. The first experience I have with a browser that I have a memory of, at least, was with the Amiga 500 and just being able to use the mouse in the browser. That I remember specifically uh, because oh, that yeah. was not an always thing originally it was all keyboard versus just typing which is what you had always done right i had thought yeah, of that and it was oh, all yeah. text mm-hmm. and so that amiga 500 was the first browser that i had that was graphical and i didn't have that yeah. before that and having that experience was really breathtaking because back then if you downloaded something from a bbs as far as an image you know it was scan line by scan line by scan line and you had mm-hmm. to wait for the right. whole image to download but this was like you clicked a link a little hypertext link and boom, you were seeing images. And I was like, holy hell, <laughs> this is incredible. How, how is it? How does the computer on the other side of this connection know where I'm pointing my mouse at on my screen and clicking? <laughs> yeah. Like, how does it I, I know thought, that? 
Yeah, that's that's not obvious like it is today. That's a oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's cool. <laughs> well, you had a, you had a better first experience than I did because I just said I guess it's just email. It's over. That's all. You know what? They actually did some research. I looked up what the very first website ever created was. Oh, like ARPANET or something? Uh, CERN. Mm-hmm. CERN. Okay, yeah. it was a website describing the World Wide Web. <laughs> so, there you like, go. I guess it's fitting. That's what we needed. <laughs> it was the homepage of all homepages. Yep. Well, my first experience was clearly mistaken. The internet was not a flash in the pan and just email, but uh, a lot of things came and went. And we're going to talk yeah. about some of those that didn't quite stand the test of time right after this. So that means we could visit most any museum in the world without even leaving home? Not just museums. You can go anywhere on the net and access resources from around the corner or to the most remote regions of the world. Now that's amazing. So where else can we go? Want to write a letter to President Clinton? Would he answer us? I bet he would. Let's tell him how much we love the internet and that he should try to get more computers for our schools. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style and together we're going to try to make sense of the world all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. So we were talking about things like GeoCities and some other ones that are like gone, right? Right. That everybody was on before. And, yeah, every, and there were so many things that we thought would be here forever. You know, it just seemed like they were just part of the heartbeat of the internet that you like, they would never be gone, right? They would never go anywhere. For example. One of the ones I was thinking was like AOL. I thought AOL was going to be like the giant in this whole arena. And instead, it's like now if people have an AOL email address, I'm like, how old are you? Well, <laughs> Mo, the AOL is working hard to brainwash you, though. That's what they wanted you to think. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because they started like CompuServe and Genie, which aren't still around anymore. They were just a glorified BBS and they tried to make people think they were the, the, internet, the yeah. universal hub for connecting everything. I mean, seeing somebody with an, an AOL.com email address is like seeing a, a geocities.com website address. Like, oh, they're <laughs> they're not, they don't really know what's going on. And it's, yeah, they're. I'm glad that Geocities is gone, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But a big one we used to use is Ask Jeeves. I think it's still around as Ask or something like that. Oh, but oh the search engines, right? Yeah, the, all the different search engines that were out there. There were just tons and tons of them. So I guess now Google is a verb, right? You say Google and people assume mm-hmm. it means a yeah. web search. Yep. But I mean, it could be Bing. It could be whatever. No. It can't be. No, it no. can't be Bing. <laughs> it can't be Ask Jeeves. It can't be Bing. It can't be Yahoo. No. <laughs> Yahoo. Yahoo. Whatever the hell those commercials those used commercials, to be. Yeah. Good Lord. Remember Dogpile? That was Dog another pile, one that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those wow. search engines pretty much gave way. I mean, well, Yahoo's still around. You said Ask Jeeves is around his ask, but search engine can't be their number one business because I think Google's no. got a lock on that pretty well. Yeah. Pretty, I mean, and Google has a lock on it because they did something that the other ones didn't. The other ones tried to have a marketing strategy first and search second. Google started off as search first. Like they wanted to be the best way to find things on the Mm -hmm. internet. And then marketing came later. And I think that's what propelled them to the mythic level that they are now. Yeah. Where everyone's fighting to get to the top of the search results on Google. That's right. Like, you know, like (laughs) you think about it, Ask Jeeves was a butler guy. Oh, he's cool because he's a butler. He'll go fetch you things. And Yahoo had that creepy little commercial. Yahoo! or whatever the hell those things were. Google's just a weird word. There was no substance behind them though because they really weren't that good. Most of them didn't find stuff 
that you really wanted to find. They were just curated lists that they had found themselves and said, That's when somebody point. types in yep. dog, I'm going to give them these 15 pages. I, and I think that's the secret sauce that Google did because yeah. rather than being manually curated, they started with bots, just searching, scrubbing the web, looking for yeah. everything they can find and indexing it based on uh, an algorithm. Right. And th- that's what started to make them look at the critical mass of, well, you've got damn near everything. Why would I go anywhere else? And yeah. Do you guys remember uh, when, when Napster came around? Well, <laughs> hold on. We, we got to let George talk about the public domain okay. now. So. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to step on your toes there, George. There's you go a whole it. suite of software that was around LimeWire yeah. and Napster and stuff. George, tell us about the early days of the public domain. <laughs> the early days of theft. Because me and John know nothing about this. Yeah, no, no. Of course not. No, I mean, it, you're right, though, Bo. Napster is really the epitome of what we think of when we think of LimeWire and torrenting and everything. Mm-hmm. Napster is kind of the poster child for what started it, right? It's so much of a poster child that it was even heavily focused on in that movie, The Social Network, which was, it was yeah. supposed yep. to be all about Facebook. But then they had this whole Justin Timberlake <laughs> angle that was all about Napster and how he defeated the music industry and blah, blah, blah. I, essentially, you know, that guy can say whatever he wants to about what he thought he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. He was just trying to steal music. That's all there was to yeah. it. He was trying to help people steal music to each other yep. because he didn't want to pay for it because he was a broke ass college or high school kid, however yep. old he was. And I bought into a lot of that stuff myself because oh, sure. at the time I was broke too. And it's not that I didn't want to support certain artists. Like I remember buying my Genesis CD because I love mm-hmm. Genesis and Phil sure. Collins. Yeah. And everything. But every now and then, you know, you just want a damn song and you don't want to have to pay for it, especially going down to Tower Records or oh, yeah. Turtles or whatever else yeah. you had in your area. You wanted it instantly. You wanted it right then and you wanted it in a format that you could use on your computer because that was the other part of it Mm. i could put a genesis cd into my computer because it played audio cds but taking that one song off of that cd and then using it as an early alert sound in windows or something like that Uh, wasn't easy right but (laughs) napster made those things easy so yeah, it started digital. Yeah. Yeah. And of course there was, there was no easy way. Well, I don't want to say easy way. There was almost no way to just purchase a song, especially to purchase a song digitally. Yes. Right. I could go, like you said, to turtles and buy a CD single. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do that. And it, it was, I think we were feeling out like, okay, how illegal is it? How, right. I mean, it, I, mean <laughs> it, I downloaded it. The site is there. The police aren't knocking on my door. It was a really interesting time to feel like what's going on with this copyright thing. Are they, are they going to crack down? Is it going to relax, whatever. And it was, Oh, and when the news stories kept coming out, boy, that'd scare the crap out of you. Wouldn't it? Oh yeah. 700 people were indicted today for <laughs> trading music. Oh my God. Oh my turn God. Off right now. <laughs> format, format, format. <laughs> <laughs> they found me out. They found me out. <laughs> I mean, and also the, remember the early days of social media? I mean, Talk about a whole slew of stuff coming and going. Uh, and Friendster. The, mm. Friendster. And like the, the epitome is MySpace. I MySpace. Mean, yeah. They still make fun of that today where people are like, you know, hey, if you go to MySpace account, I was like, what? But I think <laughs> that's know? still around even. It just evolved into something Did different. It? Is it? Yeah, I think MySpace, I think, was the one that evolved into more of a an independent artist platform. More like for music, isn't it? Yeah. yeah I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, Mo and George, you would both be in my top eight spaces, guaranteed. <laughs> oh, thanks, so, man. Just, 
Just so you know. Yeah, you'd be there. What's that one? Meetup was another one. I remember back in the early 2000s. That's just porn all over again. <laughs> <laughs> no, me, Meetup is you still a thing. Not. No, it's still around. I, I mean, it could be used for porn. Everything can, obviously. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's for organizing groups in real life. Yeah. The meetup.com is you go find people in your area that like something and they get together like and they porn. play board games. Oh, oh, like, sure. Absolutely. Sure. I'm sure there are sections for that. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm sure there is one or two sections on that. <laughs> yep. But the biggest thing, I think, is just the number of big retail stores or e-stores that came out and just gone. You mean the ones that got swallowed by Amazon, right? Basically, yeah. <laughs> when you come right down to it, that's probably what happened. Because I remember like early days of online shopping. You could shop at five or six different stores for something easily. E-Toys yeah. was a big one, right? That got swallowed mm-hmm. by Amazon. I remember browsing them, yeah. But I remember going like, you go to E-Toys, then you, go, then you could look on Amazon, then you could look at these other, you, there's four or five sites I could look for the same thing, see which one had the best price. But now it's like everything's Amazon or- Or eBay. eBay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got two now. There are other storefronts out there, but I mean, they don't have near the, at the time, they all seemed about on a level playing field. Right. Now they're niche, right? Mm-hmm. So there's yeah, like niche. Chewy, you know, or which is, yeah. you know, like a place to go to something. get just stuff for your pets or, yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a little bit of that, but all of that's available on the, the, the behemoths now. So exactly. So there, like, there are still like toy store sites, but like George said, they're like very niche, like yeah. wooden model toys, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, right. you or, the- <laughs> or the, the super high end collectible toys or, or something like that. Right. Toys. Yeah. right. Yeah. The mainstream stuff is all lumped together. I still have a Amazon travel mug that when they just sold books and <laughs> I bought so many books, they sent me this free travel mug <laughs> about Amazon. It's like, and it had all these sayings on it, like a room without books is like a person without a soul and all this Eww, stuff. It was, wow. all, it was all centered on book stuff. <laughs> Because it's hard to believe that that's where Amazon started, just on books. Just books, yeah. Well, so speaking of that, on our way out of this segment, I have a quick question for you. Uh Do you remember, well, certainly you're going to remember, maybe not your first. What is your first memory of the first thing you purchased 100% online? Yeah, I'll I'll jump on that one because that was easy. You want to start? Go for it, Mo. That was was books. (laughs) Was it books? Was it Amazon? Books on Amazon. I was like big into sci-fi, fantasy and stuff. And then it was hard to find some of those titles sometimes but amazon okay. you generally could find it they had them all yeah they had them all pretty much so and the fact that if you bought a certain number you got free shipping and their prices actually weren't bad at all they were like generally you know the same mm. as you would pay for it in a store okay. so yeah i definitely was like a whole bunch of books all right well, i'll do the extra do you remember a book that you bought do you remember what it was no no just some books <laughs> probably, okay that's I, fair i could probably look at my amazon history and find right. out <laughs> well i mean it was only 30 years ago mo i mean you, you could it be forgiven be there. who okay. knows <laughs> george what about you do you have a recollection the first time you made a transaction and purchased online? Okay, well, so that opens up the definition of the question a little bit when you're talking about that. I, If we're going that direction, yeah, it was porn. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. okay I'm sure well, let's, try, let's try another question and see if it's a similar answer. Do you remember the first thing you purchased where a physical item was delivered to your house? Man, I don't think that was porn. Let me think. <laughs> okay. Um, it was probably a book. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, those were things because the whole worry about purchasing stuff online back then was, I can't touch it. I can't see it. I can't like, I would never buy clothes online. Even today I'm skeptical about buying clothes online, even though, you know, I know people that's the whole business model is, you know, we'll sip your clothes and you send back what you don't want. Sure. But you couldn't be sure of the quality, but books were books. And so if I could find it online and it was slightly cheaper than it was at Babbage's or his exact same thing, Warden Walden books or whatever the hell the bookstore was Mm -hmm. in the mall at that time, then yeah, it was probably a book about porn. But <laughs> <laughs> I think 
my first one was probably a music CD. And it wasn't from like a big retailer, like an Amazon or anything like that early on. It was like a fan club kind of group that had out of, I forget the name of it. Um, it might've been like Rhino, isn't that like, I think it's a publisher that does like limited run or hard to find CDs or reprints. And it might have been like a comedy CD or something from the Firesign Theater, one of those groups that was hard to find. And I'm like, well, I'll try. But it was it was, it was nervous because like I'm giving them my credit card number. Who no, are these people? Right, Where yeah. are they? For many years, almost nobody trusted the internet with their credit card number. It's like, I'm not giving my credit. Well, it's no different than handing it to the waitress at the restaurant. I mean, she can go copy it as easily as the guy across the country could do. So so <laughs> you still have your book, Mo? I don't it's know which one it was. I, I was actually yeah. looking okay. to see if I could pull my whole shop list. I think there's a way you can actually pull your whole Amazon shopping. From list. clear in the past? Yeah, it's kind of scary. Well, a lot of these things are gone and there's a lot more that's different in the internet today than it was now that we've established kind of a new norm as that utility. And we're going to cover that stuff right after the break. Then I open my browser to a choice of search engines that look up menus of almost anything I can think of, whether it's my project on Egypt or Andrew playing games. It sounds complicated, but really it all happens behind the scenes, so it's easy for you. And you're right. You can find anything from planning a vacation to MTV or real-time live audio. The net is fabulous. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah. The rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And we've been talking a lot about how the internet evolved, what it was like in the past, what our experiences were. Mm -hmm. But what we haven't talked about yet is how that is different from modern day internet usage. I mean, now the internet, it's, John, you mentioned earlier, the galactic network, right? Yeah. That's really what it is <laughs> I, now. I, I, I mean, love that. <laughs> I mean, we have internet connections to people who fly in space on the space stations. We mm -hmm. have had mm -hmm. people, you know, in the space shuttles even. I mean, we have a galactic network we have truly stuff out in space so yeah it's completely evolved into this whole new thing and it's going to evolve into something new later on you know it's always going to keep changing so For what sure. do you guys remember and how is it different from what we have today mm. boy i tell you one thing that i remember very vividly from again the early 90s when it was well maybe mid 90s when it was really catching on was today, if there is any product you purchased, any company you work with, I bought a, a Rubik's Cube. Well, I bet you if I go to rubix.com, that's a site. Well, I bought a table from this store. Well, guaranteed they have a website. But that wasn't always the case. And I mm -hmm. remember every once in a while, you would see a commercial on TV. And the very last thing on the commercial would be like, so you can trust Land Lakes Butter. At the bottom, they would go, landolakes.com. They were, they were putting that pretty prominently. I was keyed into 
into that, every time I'd see a commercial, I would watch at the, at the end of a commercial, if they had a website like, ah, Sony.com has a website now, or, oh, look, Planters Peanuts has a website now. It was new that major companies got domains and websites, whereas now it's ubiquitous. Everybody, if yeah. you exist, you have a site. Well, and two, back then it was all .com. And the first time you heard like .net or like, .edu, you're like, what the hell <laughs> what does the that hell? mean? Yeah. What are you Where's talking the about? .com? Does that come That's after the That's not the, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, and because it's everywhere, of course, speed has stopped being an issue. I mean, it's still mm-hmm. an issue, but it's- Well, now it's, it's, but it's a different issue, right? Before it was, oh my God, I can't imagine that this thing is in eight minutes. Now it's like, what the hell? This is taking 30 yeah. seconds? Damn it. Yeah, forget this. <laughs> is it blistering fast or only blazing fast? Because mm-hmm, I don't need right. to bother with blazing fast. I need that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like think about the early days of computers, and now it's like back in the early days we talk about the console wars, right? When you the programmers who had a program for like the twenty six hundred had such a limited resources that they had to mm-hmm. be super efficient with everything, right? And there's way early days of the internet too, right? They had to make the images small enough that they download optimized fast and, stuff. and optimized. progressive load. Yeah. And yeah, Where today yep. it's like I think that you get lazy, right? They get oh, I thought three gig image out there. I don't care. Yeah, who, who cares? That's fine. <laughs> People will download fast. So I think some of that skill, I guess, needed, which is a good and bad thing, to build a website is not there. Well, on the A on one side, you can throw the kitchen sink at it and put everything up there. On the B yeah. side, it's not curated. You don't think about what you put up there because everything can go up there because right? yeah. it's so easy to get to. Yeah. You know, when I think about it every time is when I have to send a damn email and I have to worry about bandwidth, like how many megs, why can't I send a terabyte through the freaking email? Why, <laughs> right. why is there a limit? It pisses Who me cares? off every time. Like when I log into my web thing and it says your limit is 13 gigabytes. Whatever. Like fuck, limit? Why do I have a limit? What the hell? <laughs> These days? Yeah. Storage yeah. is cheap. Right. They're like, oh, here's another dollar. Give me five more terabytes. Shut right. up. Exactly. <laughs> George, we kind of brought up the whole online shopping and how like it was like you didn't want to buy clothes online back in the day, mm-hmm. right? And all yep. those things. Well, today, I mean, that's like common. Yeah. And I think a lot of it had to do with like a lot of these online sites like, hey, if you don't like it, free shipping back and free returns and all that stuff. Because they were they were trying to knock down that wall that was that right. barrier of entry that you said, George. Like, yeah, I don't really trust it. but And I think people feel more comfortable with it in general. And oh, by the way, I found the first thing I ever ordered online. Oh, did you find it? What is it? Yes. It was a... <laughs> Okay. Programming Windows 95. Perfect. <laughs> yep. I thought you were going to say porn. No. Amazon didn't sell porn back that then. That was the second thing he ordered. Right. That's a very Mo book to order. Very good. It was on June 14th, 1997. Nerd. Wow. I love yeah. it. That's fantastic. <laughs> I can't be the only one either. Like, it, what a paradigm shift. It used to be you go to the store to buy something, and once you know it's okay, you're like, okay, maybe I'll look online for a cheaper price. But mm-hmm. now- I use the stores as a showcase to see what I want to buy. And then I go online and get it because I can get it faster. I can get points for it. I get, get free cheaper. shipping. I get instant returns. It's probably cheaper. There's no tax. I might boost everything other than like commodities. Like I need a new pair of socks or I need some more milk. But anything that is is a tangible piece of technology or just a commodity that you would use. And I go online to get it now. And that yeah. that's totally opposite. I pretty much do that first now. I don't go yeah. to the stores or anything. And I think for me, the thing that changed that the most was Amazon Prime. Yeah. When Amazon Prime You're absolutely right. was, you know, when I got onto that and I was like, 
I don't have to bundle a bunch of orders to get free shipping. Yeah. I don't have to wait six months for the thing to come in. Now it's like, it'll be here tomorrow or the next day. And now I've, I've gotten so spoiled by that, that if something doesn't get here in two days, where the <laughs> fuck furious. is my item? <laughs> yeah. Listen, I ordered that $2 adapter and you said it'd be here tomorrow. <laughs> You're right. Cause when prime came around, it was like, Oh, I need toothpaste. Mm-hmm. I was just, or- I didn't care. <laughs> it'll oh, be it'll, here soon enough. Yeah. I mean, you said I, I, I'm getting low on toothpaste. It'll be here within two days. Great. Although, you know, like I said, we talked about this early in some other podcasts where it's like certain things like bookstores, you know, I used to love just browsing bookstores, just going to a bookstore and just seeing what's out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Now when I do it though, I look at the title, I'm like, Oh, that looks like an interesting book. And I have my phone out and I'm looking up the price yeah oh oh yeah on amazon cheaper you know <laughs> and for sure i get a digital copy so yeah things definitely have changed well for another shift i mean george going back to you mentioned that jenny cam and the little mm-hmm. postage stamp pieces of video mm-hmm. that you could see every once in a while look at what broadband has done for distribution of video content oh geez i mean it's first crazy. the democratization of it so you have like your youtube and stuff like I was that gonna say anybody the, can put it's stuff the very out. reason for our existence on this yeah. podcast is YouTube. video on the internet is possible <laughs> you know and then mainstream media you got disney plus and netflix the behemoth of and cbs all access and all those streaming video on the internet i mean i don't even have a dvd player hooked up to my tv anymore yeah because now everything is streaming everything it just it's digital yep and you even do four 4K digitally now. Yeah, it's I mean, stupid. it's stupid. It's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, a long change from well, wait, wait, eight minutes to watch a trailer. <laughs> Yeah. You know, nope. to, you know, let me see the trailer before I watch this movie. And the trailer comes up immediately. The movie comes up immediately. Yeah. I mean, what do you mean it's buffering for five seconds? That's buffering, unacceptable. Buffering. And let's, we can't forget like how much social media has changed. Oh, yeah. Jeez. From the days of MySpace. Where, oh, you know, geez. Whereas like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, everybody I know has a Facebook account <laughs> pretty much. Just about. And when people don't, it's odd, isn't it? Like, yeah. Hey, are you, I'll look at you. They're like, I'm not on Facebook. Like, really? Yeah. Well, my son, well, he's totally. Well, what happened? <laughs> Why, well, why and, not? And you're right, though. That And that's part of the evolution. Mo, you mentioned your child. You know, same thing with my kid. My kid looks at Facebook as like the old people's thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not what they use social media now. Now they have WhatsApp or whatever other TikTok thing that they use. Oh. Facebook is the old people's version of social media. And <laughs> I guarantee you in like 10 more years or so. Facebook will still be there, but the generation that cares about it won't like it. Yeah. They, they, it'll be it'll the MySpace be, in 20 years. Won't exactly. It? Yeah. yeah. No, my son has a philosophical issue with all social media, so he doesn't oh, do really? any of that at all. Wow. <laughs> he is no social presence. It's got to be all. tough as a youngster. I can't imagine that. They, no, they he's thrive fine with on it. that. Is he? All right. He's totally yeah. fine with it. Because he's never gotten into it probably. So he, yeah. He, he, has, <laughs> he doesn't he's break the, <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm like, just, just go on fa- Don't even check it. Just so I could like, you know, message you or something. He's like, you have text messaging. I'm like, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, good point. And the other thing is just like because the, the fa- because we have, you know, faster download speeds and because the technology changes like, you know, HTML5 and all the new protocols and stuff that are out there, you know, the websites themselves have become almost like showcases. They become so intricate and they have video and playing automatically and they have audio. Well, and, and it's more than a website. I mean, the sites do something. Right. You, know, you used to for a long time, web pages or websites were it was just like a digital brochure. Here's who we are. Here's our phone number. Come look us up. And now they weren't terribly interactive. Now, yeah, if they're not yeah, interactive, exactly. you're not watching them. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> I can't upload my picture for my account, my thumbnail, my avatar. You know, yeah, it, each little website becomes a little social hub where they want your yeah. information. They'll be able to message you. Yeah. I don't, have you guys got into the cryptocurrency world at all? I never have, but no. I know it's like big. Yeah, I, I barely understand 
understand it. <laughs> yeah, De- <me> <laughs> decentralized anonymous currency that's attached to Kanye West or something. I don't know. Yeah, People putting and, out and their you, own. And you have to like it, it's not based on anything. You have to trust, but it's still like I mean, there's so it's so prevalent, but it wouldn't exist without the modern internet. I mean, it wouldn't be there. That may be one that maybe shouldn't exist. Just saying. <laughs> I, you know, I don't disagree with you on that, George. <laughs> I don't know enough about it to have an opinion. It's but. not anything different than what happened after Nixon took us off the gold standard, right? Before yeah. that, money actually had something behind it that meant something. There was a physical representation. Exactly. That was the point I was going to, right? right. Cryptocurrency yep. even, and the dollar bill, truthfully, doesn't have anything behind it that gives it any value other than our government, I guess, maybe. We but, all just agree that it's worth something. Yeah. Right. It's the faith. Yep in the United States currency. I mean, that's all it is. It's like we accept the currency because we have confidence that we can turn around and someone else will accept it. That's the only value that it has. <laughs> that's kind of weird. Cryptocurrency is like that too. You know, the other thing I want to say is how it's different today is the internet. I can't think of a single aspect of my life that the internet is not some part of. <sighs> that's 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 true and both good and bad, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, work. All my work stuff is through the internet. Mm-hmm. Everything's on the yeah. cloud. Everything's Working online. remotely right now during yeah, COVID. Exactly. If it wasn't for the internet, most of us would be broke as hell right now. Good point. Because we couldn't work. Yeah. 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 Or, or or sick. Broke or sick. Or both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I saw somebody say, and they mentioned, you know, can you imagine, we're spoiled because we live in the current time and we have the mm-hmm. internet the way we have it. Can you imagine this pandemic taking place in 2020, taking place in 1990? And, you know, what do you, maybe you have a Nokia flip phone or a box phone. I mean, there's no, there's not really a centralized any way to communicate. You would be isolated. You would be going stark raving mad. <laughs> Watching CNN. <laughs> there are people alive right now who went through the 1918 plague. So they I don't know if they have any memory of it, obviously, or anything, but <laughs> they went through a time when not only was there no internet, there was just no communication whatsoever. There was no right, the newspaper. TV, was it, right? There was no not even news- a phone, right? Yeah. yeah. I imagine that that would be quite a bit scarier of a situation, although I think the internet provides its own scary aspects to this, right? Because of all the misinformation out there and people putting out these weird, crazy conspiracy theories, because when you put something in writing, whether it be on your screen or on a piece of paper, it feels more legitimate. It feels real. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's different about the internet when it first started to now, when the internet first started, you didn't necessarily believe everything. You were trepidatious about it. It was like, well, this is new. I don't know if I really trust this thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's on Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> Fact. It must be right. Yeah. I think it also has to do with like the effort. You know, I mean, think back, like, you know, in order to publish a newspaper, right, it took a lot of effort. So you yeah. had some faith yeah. that they took some Well, and there some were some checks and balances and right. there was an editor where now you can go and post a blog or post a YouTube video yeah. or anything. I could go on Facebook and say anything. And I can say right now that there is no such thing as gravity and explain why I believe it. And there's going to be a dozen people that go, oh, he might be onto something because yeah. it's on the internet. You know, <laughs> I knew this earth a, was flat. flat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. First, we need to get an ISP or internet service provider. It connects you to the net through high speed lines. Then I download or install a browser that allows me to view all information on the net in my computer. Then I open my browser to a choice of search engines that look up menus of almost anything I can think of, whether it's my project on Egypt or Andrew playing games. It sounds complicated, but really it all happens behind the scenes, so it's easy for you. 
If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. Well, it is time to log off of this episode <laughs> of The Backtrack, talking all about the origins of the internet. So grateful that you joined us. George Bo had a great time reminiscing with you. Before we leave, though, you know, I take just a second to express our gratitude for our amazing patrons who support us financially over at patreon.com. These are folks that give a few bucks every month to support the work that we do here on the podcast over on YouTube and on the website. And I am so grateful. I would like to thank each and every one of you individually. Thank you so much. T2, Levi, Travis, Dan, Chad, Blasters. Stash it, Chad, Chewbacca, Jason, Lee, Matt, Steen, Sean, Dana, Shelby, Ben, Greg Z, Arlem, Agile, Jonathan H, Greg L, David, Stu Monkey, Thomas, Marcus, Adam, Davis, Slomo, Mike C, Mark, and Tony. <gasps> oh, I made it all the way through. <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to stop saying, I'm gonna take a second. Yeah, it think. takes a little more than a second, it doesn't more it? Than yes, a second. It now. <laughs> <laughs> We're so grateful for your support and for believing in us. It really keeps fuel in the tank, makes us want to keep doing what we do. If you would like to support the things that we do and join this roster of amazing folks, Mo, would you please tell the fine fourth listeners how they can get that done oh absolutely all you gotta do is go to genxgrownup.com slash patreon it'll take you right to the patreon website and there you get to pick what level you want to support us at mm-hmm. the more you give we have swag we have behind the scenes videos and mm-hmm. audio and so much stuff extra content that we give these people who give a few bucks or whatever they can every month just to show that how much they support what we do and it really just helps us know why we do what we do and keeps us going and all that bonus content is on the internet so you know it's true it's absolutely factual it's all true (laughs) that is going to wrap it up for this backtrack we'll be back in two weeks with another one but next week with a regular edition of our show until then I am John Mo thank you so much for being here oh man always fun George you know I appreciate you yes sir and fourth listener it's you we all appreciate most of all and we'll talk to you next time bye bye see you guys take care everybody Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Joining me as always is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And George is here. <laughs> George is here too. Apparently. <laughs> Are you? Fuck you, Mo. You're gone. One more time. <laughs> Let's do that again rather than try to jump in the middle. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.